You're now listening to the Live Different Podcast with Matt Wilson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Live Different Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Wilson, and today I am coming to you from Bali, Indonesia, while Dr. Lindsay Berkson is back in Austin, Texas, where we've just realized we could have connected in person. Uh, it is 6.45 a.m. in Austin, 7.45 <laughs> p.m. here in Indonesia. Friday was a beautiful day, and uh, Dr. Dr. Berkson, or, or Lindsay, if you don't mind me, me calling you during the episode, uh, she is an uh, expert on a couple different things. One is hormones. Two is libido we'll call it we are going to talk about sex of course on the podcast uh, but she has a lot of expertise writing 21 different books uh, she primarily as she explained to me just before mainly teaches medical doctors how to take up naturopathic ways and do things the natural the the in my opinion the right way so Lindsay, i'm i'm really pleased to get to talk to you today Oh, thank you. I'm glad to be on the show. I really am. I love to reach out and connect with people. And, you know, more people and doctors are getting the memo that food makes a huge difference. But the problem is, is as that's happening, we're starting to see people who do everything right. They exercise, they eat well, they start to really carry the mantle of healthy living, and yet they still don't feel great. And they don't have the mojo to go out and soar and meet their dreams. So that means that the ground rules for life today are changing. And that's what I love to share with people. What does that mean? How do we protect ourselves? What do we do so that we could be either the entrepreneur or whatever we dream for ourselves? We need that energy to pull it off. That's excellent. Uh, well, then we have a lot in store for our, our listeners. I've picked up uh, your book. Sexy Brain, How Sizzling Intimacy and Balanced Hormones Prevent Alzheimer's, Cancer, Depression, and Divorce. All topics, actually, that we have spoken about uh, on the show in the past, but I'm, I'm really excited to, to get some actionable stuff out to people and also for people to gain a better understanding of you know, why they should do things like avoid plastics in their life and what does that, act, you know, what do those things actually mean disrupting your endocrine system because for me I realized that sure it's great to hear about oh yeah don't drink out of your plastic water bottles and and uh, don't use your microwave with the plastic combined you know a double whammy and all all this kind of stuff but once I started to really understand the science then that knowledge did become wisdom because I became very conscious about these things so I just want to throw that out and frame it for the for the listeners uh, but first I'd love to to ask you, actually, we were talking right before about how a lot of people think that your book is on sex and not on hormones and the brain, which, uh, you know, people just lose, uh, that three-letter word, S-E-X, people, people lose you after that sometimes. So could you, could you debunk some of those uh, maybe rumors out there on the internet? Well, it's funny because my mentor, Tulane, I sent him the book and I sent the book to Dr. Alan Gaby, who's considered the number one nutritional doc in the country. And they both admitted to me they went right to the sex chapter. And there is 
uh, <clears throat> there are a number of sex chapters in there because most of us no longer really, we all want to have sex. We all, many people are addicted to porn, but a lot of people don't know how to pull great sex off. But the premise of this book is that nature actually designed, nature never does anything without a perfect reason. And nature designed sex so we would release sex steroid hormones that then circulate through the body and protect the brain. But in today's dirty planet with a lot of pollutants like plastics, volatile organic pollutants, um, nonstick cookware, I could go on and on, they are hormone altering chemicals so that even if we release these hormones via the act of connection or sex, we don't get protected brain. And there are many downstream adverse effects of these pollutants that damage our hormones. And hormones aren't just about sexy things or reproductive things. They rule your brain. They rule your gut. There's very few people that understand how hormones rule your microbiome and your gut. Hormones are your major physiologic internet system in your body. And they send emails to biological real estate all throughout your body to make you who you are. Great connection, hugging, community, or up in the boudoir is part of keeping these hormones going, besides great food, and um, because they all depend on that menu that you choose. But in our dirty planet today, besides nuclear war and global warming, which are major threats to humanity, hormone-altering chemicals are now considered the third major threat to humanity because these chemicals love fat. The sperm and the egg that are going to make your kid is rich with fat. Do you want a kid on the autism spectrum? Do you want a kid with learning disabilities? Do you want a kid with androgyny issues? A lot of that is coming from chemicals storing in fat, the egg and the sperm and the placenta, and affecting the future of humanity, as well as your own energy for you in the morning to do what you want to do. So we never realized that hormones ran us so much, especially our brain and the brain of our kids. And we didn't realize that having so much plastics and so many conveniences of modern life would threaten that safety. So that's what this book is about. How do you protect yourself in a hormone-altering, chemical-laden world? And then how does that relate to understanding why nature wants you to have great intimacy? And you could think of this book as a handbook to learn how to do that. I even give you a list of tests to really assess your hormone health. I give you a 10-day detox to clear out your receptors because even though you go to a doctor, a urologist, a gynecologist, and they test your hormones, whether it's in your blood, saliva, urine, that level of hormone doesn't mean that much. A hormone delivers its email into a set of proteins in the shape of a satellite dish called a receptor. So hormones are really all about receptor functionality. And if they're clogged with pollutants or if they're deficient with poor dietary choices or poor digestion, even if you make good dietary choices, your hormones will go south, even though your doctor tests you and says, you're in the normal range, you don't have anything to worry about. So we have a brand new way of looking at hormones. They rule us in a way we never realized, especially in your 20s, we're having an epidemic, an epidemic well replicated in peer review data now that many men, not all, but many men in their 20s have low testosterone, like 70-year-old men, 
women are getting conditions like menopause in their teens, polycystic ovarian syndrome, uh, dysautonomia. We're seeing issues in young, 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 young people. And we're seeing lots of reproductive changes. The the age that a woman goes into perimenopause when you're starting to shut down used to be in her late 40s. Some women now it's even in their 20s because of our dirty planet. So that's what this book is about. Wow. Uh, And I'm... Uh, so I'm 32 now, and I <laughs> Over am getting, the hill. <laughs> I'm getting, well, I'm getting to the age, actually, where a lot of my friends are trying to have kids and realizing that they can't, and it's, it's really scary. It's, uh, well, you know, yeah. um, Harvard and the Huffington Post put on a forum, you can Google it, it's called the Harvard Huffington Post Forum on Endocrine Disruption. It was January 31st, 2017. And they laid out the problem of endocrine disruption threatening humanity. And the first thing they talk about is the inability to get pregnant. That now one out of four couples can't get pregnant or pregnancy has complications. And none of that heralds anything good. If your pregnancy had complications, that means the kid most likely will have more health issues down the road. And so will the mom. It's not a good sign for humanity. And most of that comes from pollutants in the egg and the sperm. So with shows like this, with books like mine, if you learn this, you can have what I call green pregnancies. You can detox yourself prior to conception. You have to figure out who you really want to get pregnant with if you can and not get pregnant by random act. Do it with consciousness figure out who you're going to get pregnant with, detox together. I'm hoping that down the road there'll be insurance reimbursed detox uh, facilities and that's the way we'll have healthier kids that are not so ill because we have the most ill kids right now of any really rich westernized country. For all our money spent on healthcare, we're the sickest people. Our, our, Our medical system isn't working. Part of it is that we have so many chemicals in us. So if you want to have a great pregnancy, you're in your 30s, you want to pick your mate, You want to get my book and figure out how to detox together and then go on and get pregnant. That's the most ideal way, but there are small, gentle ways you can do it if you discover you're pregnant and didn't plan on it. And there are even ways to do it once you have birthed. But we have to go about this in a different way because the ground rules for our culture have changed and we live in a filthy planet. I mean, the typical healthy quote, American young girl has about 190 chemicals inside her, inside her placenta, which is the lining of the womb that feeds the growing baby. So things have changed and we want to protect the next generation. So we got to go about it differently. Wow, that is uh, a lot of eye-opening stuff. I hardly know where to start digging in, <laughs> but I, I've, I, while you were talking, I, I thought of two different plans, two different approaches, but what I'd like to just, just nip in the bud, if you will, right away, what are the things that people need to uh, stop doing? I mean, you've mentioned plastics. One of the fascinating things that I didn't know from your book were that uh, things like Advil, Tylenol, Motrin block hormone signaling, which I didn't know. I don't take that stuff because I know about the risks for kidneys and that you can start bleeding and they can cause, uh, I believe it's kidney failure. And so I've always stayed away and kind of fought through uh, the pain when I, when I have it. Uh, but could you just 
to, I mean, I know that we could go on probably for, you could go on for, for hours about what to stay away from, but can we create a quick and dirty list for people uh, on things that they need to, to start st uh, shying away from so that they don't mess with their hormones? Well, the first thing you have to do is avoid getting more stuff in you and figure out how to get the stuff that you've got in you that's not healthy, get it out of you. So it's two pathways. So you're, you know, the hormone of pregnancy is progesterone. There's actually one other hormone of pregnancy, but we won't go into it for now. But that non-steroidal anti-inflammatory meds like Motrin block progesterone. So that's well replicated in the literature. You know, you can block... For, fertility in 10 days in healthy women by taking the dose on the label of NSAIDs. So you, when you want to get pregnant, you want to avoid NSAIDs. When you want to get pregnant, you don't want to paint your baby's uh, new nursery with paints that have volatile organic pollutants. You don't want to put in new rugs that are outgassing off plastics. You want to wipe your feet at the door. The biggest thing really is to try and deplastic plastic your world. And the most important thing is to not reuse plastics in the dishwasher. I was a scholar at a think tank on this, on environmental estrogens at Tulane Med School. And one of the biggest things that caught all of the reporters and the newsmen and cameras that came to one of our symposium was when a scientist showed that she could put a plastic container in a dishwasher, a plain old, you know, like a little plastic container that you get some food in, wash it with regular harsh dishwashing soap, which is another thought of you should use green dishwashing soap, not the regular harsh detergents. When you wash it with a regular detergent, it gets these little teeny micro tears in it that you can't even see with your eye. And then she just put water. She put water and she fed rodents that went on to get pregnant and though, I mean, excuse me, rodents that were trying to get pregnant and she created infertility in those rodents. And then the one, the rodents that were pregnant that she fed that water to the, the next generation that was birthed were, were, uh, infertile. She could create infertility by exposure to foods, even water that has no acid in it, that was fed to the animals in plastic that had been put in a regular dishwasher. So you want to try and get plastic out of your life. Do not reuse plastic bottles. Do not wash them in your dishwasher. I have a whole list in my book, Hormone Deception, which was one of the very first books on endocrine disruption, which is how I got my gig at Tulane. Um, after I wrote that book, they called me up and invited me to be a scholar there. And, uh, that's that's one you know, so you want to get that stuff out of your life and fertility is highly linked to plastics especially in a dishwasher uh, in the bathroom you get exposed to lots of things in the morning personal care products you want to filter on your shower and you want to use green personal care products as much as you can and then you want to detox detox has got to move mainstream it's not just a trendy little word it but you got to do it on a regular basis because we're exposed on a regular basis and some are just short some are things you could do every day some are food you could eat. And for example, cilantro is a food that we know chelates or claws, that's for the Greek word claw, claws out bad chemicals inside your body and helps rinse them out of you. So eating generously of cilantro or getting dried organic cilantro herb and putting it on your salads, on your foods, having it be a regular part of your life. So you want to get, you want to limit your exposure with some mindfulness about how you live without getting doomsday. And then you want to get this stuff out of you. And the great 
wonderful thing. You could get real depressed about all this, but a lot of the research, which I talk about in Hormone Deception, shows that if you just make 25 to 30% improvement in your life with some of the things I've mentioned, you get tremendous benefits. Your sperm is more healthy and able to be um, active to seek and mingle with an egg and get you pregnant. Uh, You can have a better immune response. You don't need to be perfect to improve all of this. You just need to make an improvement. Nature is generous. Great, great. That's that's fantastic news. Even even the smallest things uh, sometimes can be right under your nose. I recently switched uh, to a bamboo toothbrush because I thought, oh my God, I couldn't believe it. You know, I'll tell you one other little one is I was uh, using a regular, I don't know, Gillette Mach 3 razor or, or whatever I was shaving with. And Finally, I, I don't know why I did this, but for some reason, somehow I discovered it that there's a little strip. I think I went to buy a new one and then I, I saw on the packaging that there's a little strip that was supposed to be a, a lubrication strip, they called it. And I looked at the ingredients on it and then you know I went to the Environmental Working Group's website. Uh, I think it's ewg.org for anybody right. listening, but we can we can link it up in the show notes. And yeah, it said, no, that's toxic. And so I had to go to Whole Foods and, and buy a razor there, which had a little lubrication strip. I never noticed it in my life, but it was olive oil and just the littlest, littlest things. So I, yeah, I highly recommend looking at, at, your, li- at your list. Well, you know, that's why in my books, I always give to-dos. In Hormone Deception, I explain exactly what endocrine disruption is. I give the science for how it affects men, women, children, the baby, breast milk. And then the last third of the book is a tour through your office, your home, and your supermarket cart of exactly what to do to protect yourself. And in Sexy Brain, I give you 10-day detox to clean out your sex hormone receptors, which really are flushed all over your brain. And totally, if you think you have brain fog, loss of memory, you can't really get that mojo you want, your brain isn't getting those sex signals that it should, sex hormone signals. So you need to clear out those receptors on somewhat of a regular basis. So I give um, tests that you can run to evaluate where you are. Everybody should run their hormones once every decade. And it's not just the few little tests that most docs run. It's a bigger family of tests. And then I give a lot of to-dos to protect yourself. So every book I write gives the, the issue, the solution, and how you can take action. And you can. You can do a lot of things to protect yourself, but knowledge is power to keep yourself healthier. But it's not just about food and exercise because people coming to see me as patients, which I do treat people all around the world, a lot of the people I see are very sophisticated and have been doing lots of things right, but still are ill because the planet is so complexly polluted. So we have to have a a mindfulness about our life strategies, especially to protect ourselves and our next generation without being freaked out about it. Um, Knowledge is power. So I love to make people get buffed. (laughs) Excellent. And uh, I want to go in, of course, and ask you a little bit more about the hormones uh, or hormone tests in a little bit. And I do want to get to your your detox protocol. But first, we've covered nutrition quite a bit on the podcast and the listeners by now know things about, okay, don't don't be eating sugar, reduce your gluten as much as you can. The, the dairy is not good for you for several different reasons, right? I really try to uh, 
I really try to avoid soy, especially for men, because it's transestrogenic and, and you know, the But GMOs you know, that's not totally true. That okay, whole soy that. thing. Sure. No, the whole soy thing. I'm telling you, there's so much myth and bull crap out there. All it's right. really disgusting. Um, soy is estrogenic, but estrogen's been on the planet longer than any other hormone. Estrogen is, was the very first hormone. And so when hormones deliver a signal to a receptor, they speak. So estrogen's been speaking longer than any other hormone. That's why women are better at speaking. The female hormone is better at speaking, but the, a hormone delivers a signal to a receptor. And the first receptor on the planet was estrogen, but estrogen was such a complex hormone, it hadn't been invented yet. This is the work of Michael Baker at the University of California, San Diego. He's made his life career on taking a look at estrogen. He was one of my consultants for my book, Sexy Brain. I go into this in depth in that book because it's fascinating to understand the biological underpinnings of how men and women and hormones really communicate because they rule the planet and then they inter- act with the microbes inside of us, our biomes. It's very interesting with all that's evolving of our understanding of it. But because estrogen was so complex, we needed a male-like molecule to deliver the signal. So men and women have kind of needed each other from the beginning of time. Doesn't mean that transgender or androgyny or things like that aren't you know, true and real, but male and femaleness have needed each other since the beginning that molecules could communicate. And um, through signaling molecules, hormones are signaling molecules. Because estrogen's been around so long, she has a variety of receptors. She has more receptors than any other hormone. So there's receptor A, receptor, that was the first receptor that was discovered by Elwood Jensen in the 50s. There's the second receptor discovered by Yanaki Gustafsson in the late 90s. There's like we know so far about 12 estrogen receptors, and it's still counting, whereas testosterone has two or three, and progesterone has two. Estrogen has a lot more of these satellite dishes it can signal, and every satellite dish it signals does something totally different. So soy is the one isoflavone that delivers its signal to a cancer-protective estrogen receptor called estrogen receptor beta, beta being the Greek word for two. It was the second receptor that was discovered. And it's not the same action if estrogen delivers its signal to estrogen A, the first estrogen receptor, alpha. So soy is estrogenic, but it's clearly cancer-protective. It is estrogenic for men, but at times if they have cancer, it might be the exact thing they need. In the gynecologic literature, there's no question anymore, none, if you've read the literature, that soy delivers signals to ER beta, which now scientists are trying to come up with cancer-fighting meds for breast cancer that act like ER beta, estrogen receptor beta. So oncologists tell women who have breast cancer, avoid soy because it's estrogenic, because they don't understand the nuances. They don't teach any of this in med school. I just was lecturing in Nashville last two weeks ago to a group of medical doctors on the gut, and I was talking about the effect of birth control pills and then estrogen and estrogen beta on the gut. And you want estrogen beta protects against colorectal cancer and polyps, et cetera. And that ER beta is the middle woman, the second estrogen receptor that is the protective one. And soy and a variety of herbs and other foods 
signal that. And, and there's a one hormone actually that both men and women have that signals that receptor. And this cardiologist lawyer, very impressive woman who's the medical director of Genova, which is one of our standardized labs, jumped up and said, I've been coming to these conferences for 13 years and I've never heard this information before. And I've had the fortune to work at Tulane with Elwood Jensen, with Yanaki, with the people who discovered these receptors, to understand receptor physiology, and then be a clinician and a writer to translate that into what this means with our dietary choices and how to protect ourselves. And for some reason, this just isn't taught in med school. So I love going on shows like yours and giving people a peep into this info so they can make smarter and not not, not have this myths of stuff out there that's stupid and wrong. People say so is bad because it's goitrogenic. You know, if you eat too much, it downregulates your thyroid function. Well, not enough if you have enough iodine in your body. That's not true. So there's all these dictums that come out of good and bad on the internet that aren't necessarily true. And it, but there is, at a lot of our symposia, people wondered what happens if you give soy milk to male infants because it is estrogenic. And there was big debates and these scientists still haven't come up with the exact answer, but we don't think giving an estrogenic milk to young infants is probably a smart thing to do. But if you had cancer or a high risk person for hormone driven cancers, soy might be the perfect protective food as part of your adjunctive care. So things really have to be individualized. And if you understand the underlying physiology of how these things really work, it opens up a bigger world rather than just saying something's good or something's bad. No, I understand. And I appreciate you clarifying. And I don't want to get too much into the weeds uh, there on soy so we can really okay, give it. No, it's it's okay. Because I've heard, look, soy I've, is heard, very charged. I've heard, charged a mil- yeah, I've heard a million times that it was transestrogenic by different doctors. It'll, you know, give men eat too many cliff bars, you'll get man boobs, you know, not, I've heard 99% of it is, uh, is GMO'd. So uh, yeah, I know it's a, a big, a big topic. Uh, but I do want to make sure that you let it people saved some breast cancer patients from yes. having recurrences. So you know, things are complex. Yes, I, I complete and I don't want to be too dogmatic <laughs> in this episode or uh, okay. Or, or be too yes, you know, as you said, we don't want to just say yes, eat this, no, don't eat that. Uh, but can you also, as you did for the things to stay away from, like the plastics, can you give us a, a short list of, of things uh, that people should be staying away from so that then we can move into detox, uh, which is people know much less about the nutrition? Well, you know, it's, first of all, the whole idea that there's just good and bad is, for everybody, is kind of silly. And it's really the basis of people wanting to write best-selling books and things like that. Because yes. everything ultimately needs to be individualized. I had a patient who was a brittle diabetic, and you think if you're a diabetic, you mainly avoid high glycemic foods, stay away from sugars, refined carbs, yada, yada. But he did all that perfectly. He was an engineer. He made charts of everything he ate, charts of his blood sugar. And it finally turned out when we did food reactivity tests on him that he was reactive to chicken and spinach. Because if you have a food that doesn't work for you, it could make your blood sugar go clefluy. So when he removed 
chicken and spinach out of his diet, his blood sugars went from 400 down to the 90s. So everything ultimately really needs to be individualized, but we're always looking for this basics. And the basics are pretty simple, is to stay away from things that are processed and bad. I mean, it's really pretty simple. And then you got to find out what are your personal yes foods and your no foods, which foods work well with your physiology and which foods don't. And it's not, you can't just say, uh, you know, everybody should eat blueberries. Some people don't do well with blueberries because they've got more sugar than they need or they're fighting cancer and they don't want any fruit sugar or any sugar because they just went finished treatment and they really shouldn't have any fuel to feed those cancer cells. So, you know, everyone's always wanting this, this set yes and no, but you could say that if you stayed away from as much processed food or food that comes in plastic, we now know that for so much plastic that you're exposed to every month, you increase your risk of hormonally driven cancers. So bring your own bags to the grocery store rather than put your food in those very flexible little bags that you pull out of the uh, round um, plastic bag uh, dispenser because the heavier the flexibility of plastics, the more the phthalates are in those plastics. So you really want to have your own grocery bags. You don't want to have foods that's stored in plastic. Um, you don't want to buy your fruit. You don't, you don't want to buy fruit juice because that's really just liquid sugar. But you want to try and get your mayonnaise or your ketchup. Or um, I had Joe Pizzarno on my re own radio show, and he started Bastyr Naturopathic College, and he and his wife have been trying to become a complete plastic-free household, not even having plastic lids. I haven't been able to pull that one off myself. But those are the more powerful things than the foods, because with the foods, you've got to figure out, with the help of a sophisticated nutritionist or just going on your own powwow journey, what are the foods that work for you and don't? And it varies between what you're going through in your life at the moment and your age at the moment because things are always dynamically changing. So I don't know if that's helpful. I mean, we, we know that sugars are bad, but some people do well with a little bit of, for example, maple syrup because it's a bactericidal prebiotic. And some people feel better on a little bit of carb. Um, people have gone crazy with the keto diet over the last few years. I teach with gastroenterologists the gut module, and these guys are scoping. And in Los Angeles, nobody eats carbs anymore. You know, I mean, <laughs> like, forget. I love that line in Bunheads, which was a comedy show on for a while. And she's a dancer from New Jersey, New York. She goes to L.A. to try and make it. And she's on the phone with her friends back in New Jersey. And they say, how's L.A.? And she goes, oh, God, nobody eats carbs anymore. <laughs> so in Los Angeles, the functional gastroenterologists have a population of actresses and actors that are eating mostly ketogenic. And then they go in and scope those guts. So they get to see what does a ketogenic diet do long term to the gut wall. And we're finding that if you're very strictly ketogenic, you're damaging your gut wall. A lot of inflammation, a lot of damage because your, your intestinal tract produces short-chain fatty acids that feed the enterocytes, little cells that face into the gut. That's the food. That's the food for the gut cells. So if you don't eat any carbs, uh, 
for a while, if you've got cancer, a variety of things, you want to go carb-free, that's great. But long-term, it's not great. Uh, or you can cycle it, or you can have modified small amounts of carbs. Um, so it varies. It really varies. The dictum that there's only one way to eat is a delicious trap. Sure, sure. Because it's not really true. So I hope that was helpful. No, that's very helpful. And I mean, we could go on. We could go on and on. Uh, I, I'm sure that you would say uh, keto for women all of the time is a bad idea, and you've probably seen many cases of, of women's hormones being messed up their menstrual cycles or trying to get pregnant on a, on a you know, without carbohydrates uh, is probably, yeah, it's probably tough on, I've heard many times that it's tough on people's hormones. So I, I just want to stress that people need to do what's right for them. We did, we could, there's no way we could possibly cover that in the next 30 minutes, but I do want to and talk you know, you about have detox. Such differences. Yes. I just want to tell you, so uh, I had an issue this summer and I had to kind of take off a little bit of time. And so I just kind of was hanging out at the gym. I've got this gorgeous gym that overlooks a lake. You know, I don't really trust any health person if they themselves don't look like they're really walking their talk. And I've been living this kind of life looking like everybody else. What's the best way for me to stay healthy in my life? So I was decided during this period where I was working less that I would listen to TED Talks with physicians and their approach on nutrition. So I listened to about 50 talks and every single person said the opposite thing. It was like mind bending. One person would open the talk and say, carbs, you don't need them. They're the, the scourge of type 2 diabetes and dementia, and they're awful, and you can avoid them, and my patients that avoid them get well. And then the next doctor would say, carbs. That's how I heal all my patients. You eat ancient grains, and I get my patients eating carbs and not meats, and they get well. So it's obvious that it's a crazy nutrition world out there and that there isn't one way and it is a journey. But if you stay away from the worst processed stuff and you don't go to like Trader Joe's is so disappointing, you go in there and all the vegetables and fruits are in plastic, you know, but and it's not just the foods. You have to digest the foods and handle them well and why do you eat well? Well, when you have a great food meal that's digested well, those minerals go to the satellite dish where the hormones deliver their emails and allow those emails to be delivered to the gene. So your food choices and how well they're digested, which is a whole series, do you make enough stomach acid? Do you make enough bile? You know, uh, cadmium and endocrine disrupting compounds block our ability to make digestive uh, supportive players. It all ends up being in the little bowl of the receptor to let the hormone do its dealy wick. So you start seeing a bigger picture, yes. which is not taught in med school for some reason. <clears throat> no, of moment. course, of course. And they get very little nutrition as far as I understand. So uh, silly. As well. Terrible. I, I actually wanted to go, here's, here's something okay. so practical and uh, non-medical non related, but something... I actually was going to say the plastic, uh, the plastic lids. You were saying it, it is difficult. I was just looking at my water bottle, and yeah, I have a plastic lid on here. And uh, but one thing that I did at home was convert to all mason jars, including mason jars with metal tops that do not have a, a like a thin coat of uh, 
of plastic, I guess. On Where do you get those? On the outside, on, on Amazon. I'll, I'll look it up. and uh, I, I want to have that link. That's yeah. great to know. Boy, you just taught me something on this show. Well, I, I wanted it. to share love that with, with everyone and with. also hear from you how what you do there uh, when you go to buy your produce. You, what types of bags are you bringing? Because I can't see myself. And actually, so my girlfriend always... Yeah, so I always bring my own, you know, cloth bags, and I say I skip the plastic and I put it right in the cloth bag, and then I bring them home, and she's like, "Well, these aren't gonna keep just in the quote-unquote crisper because first of all, we buy so many vegetables at the oh, I can tell you what I do. That's really easy. Yeah, what do what do you do there? So first of all, I use Skyrider has a little plant. I forget the name of it, but I get, so there's a lot of foods have parasites and gunk on them and stuff. And it's hard to know, even if they're organic. And actually Tyrone Hayes, he's a professor at Berkeley. He had his postdoc students one summer. You know, it's very depressing to be a Tulane and hear all the stuff that's going on with planet Earth. In fact, at a lot of the conferences, the, the heads of the environmental health sciences would start getting drunk at night because they were so doomsday. You know, you want to have answers, Ugh. which is why I love these shows. But Tyrone Hayes had his postdoc students go around and show that after a rain, you could have an organic field next to a non-organic field and the waters merged. And so it's really hard to have perfectly organic. And then I had Norm Sheely on my radio show and he explained that, that the rain now contains lots of glyphosate, you know, Roundup in the rain itself, which rains down on organic fields, which is why detox has to move mainstream because you can't totally be a bubble boy in the Seinfeld routine and avoid everything. Um, but I do get Sunrider, I uh, can't remember the name of it, I'll have to email it to you. It's a little teeny um, plant enzymes and I put a capful in water and I let the vegetables sit for 10 minutes and then I wash them off and then I put a towel out on the counter and I let all my vegetables dry really well. That's the secret. So I'll have my mm. cilantro, my watercress, my kale, my um, and I do a lot of sprouts. I eat a lot of sprouts. I make a huge amount of my diet sprouts because they're as cl- close to perfect food as we could have. And in my new textbook that's coming out, my second book on the gut, I talk a lot about the data on sprouts. I mean, you could take a person who has recurrent intestinal infections that's failed multiple uh, intervention, pharmaceutical interventions, and then re- redo their treatment and add sprouts and they get well. I mean, sprouts are like the most perfect food uh, if we were to have a, a pyramid of foods, so I usually, besides just the veggies, I do lots and lots of sprouts. Johns Hopkins has done 600 studies on broccoli sprouts and shown that all of the power of broccoli, the protective power of broccoli, is 600 times more active in sprouts than it is in the broccoli food. So I always make sure, and you have a lot of control over sprouts because you could raise your own. There's a great couple online. They've been selling sprouts and seeds for 30 years. They've got videos. They're called sproutpeople.com. They're a cool little couple. They have all these great seeds that are reasonably priced and little videos, and I love to support them. So it's not just the veggies on the counter. I always have bottles of sprouts growing on the counter, just so you know. Um, And then I let everything dry and I get a big glass container at the container stores. I get these big glass containers, but I do have them with the plastic clip on lids. I don't know how to get these big containers without that. Oh, the beeswax. Have you seen these beeswax coverings that you can get instead of the plastic wrap? Now, where do you get those? Oh, yeah, those are easy. Uh, I'm surprised you haven't seen those. 
you know, I haven't in a seen whole, those. whole foods or Amazon. Yeah. Beeswax. I'll again, link these in the show notes, but, uh, oh, yeah, that's great. I'd like fix. to see your show notes. This could be a good show. Well, yeah. anyway, so, um, we're really learning good things here. So you Beautiful. stuff when it's all dry, for example, cause the whole thing is prep food prep. And if you do this once a week, you only need to do this once a week. And then every time you come home at the end of the day, you don't have to wash the vegetables, you know, do all that stuff. You just get creative and open your refrigerator and say, what wonderful meal will I create today? Because everything's ready for you in a wonderfully prepared refrigerator. So that and I put music on, I put candles on, and I have fun prepping my food for the week that I only need to do once so that the rest of the week food prep is so easy. So I'll put, for example, in that glass container, which now I'm going to use these beeswax, whatever I have, you'll have to send <laughs> me a pic. And I'll stick some, a whole bunch of kale in there. Sometimes you need to break it up a little bit to fit it all in. And then the secret is to put a little teeny bit of uh, a paper towel or a little teeny bit, if you don't want to use a paper towel, you take a big kitchen towel and cut it up into small little pieces and just dampen it and put one little piece in one corner and one little piece in the other corner. You only need two damp pieces of some kind of material and close that top and those vegetables will stay crisp and fantastic for six days. Excellent. The drier the veggies are, the more they'll stay to six days. If you didn't get them totally dry, they'll only stay for three or four days. They'll be a little bit wet and start growing bacteria. Like when you buy your, your arugula and your spinach in those plastic containers at the store, there's so much bacteria in those things because a lot of moisture got in. So the trick is to let these veggies dry completely. And I use a lot of greens and so forth. As I said, <clears throat> the sprouts are then growing. You know, I have like a little sprout community. I've got fenugreek and radish and black lentil and broccoli and mung bean and yada, yada, yada. That's the kind of food that I eat. And people are always saying to me, you know, how do you, I didn't know that my calling card would be that I'm so darn old. <laughs> and, you know, how did you get to be how you are now? And part of it is this kitchen counter consciousness that I'm talking to you about. Kitchen <laughs> counter sharing. consciousness. I, I love it. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and Dr. Berkson, I want to, uh, help, I, I want you to debunk this almost, I mean, this incredibly, not almost, this incredibly overused word with detox and how there's so much quote-unquote greenwashing out there that everything you read now is all about detox but if you're not careful you just stir around your the bad stuff in your body and it, you can even make yourself more sick so can you can you talk about your protocol so we can get to the bottom of things well so the whole idea is that you want to loosen the gunk out most of these chemicals are lipophilic, meaning they love fat. So they're stuck inside fat cells and you've got fat cells lining your mucous membranes that go from your nose and your mouth and your esophagus all the way down south. And you've got fat cells all throughout your body and in your organs. And, and, and those cells are always in communication with your bloodstream. So you're always getting a little bit polluted if you've got fat stuffed out in all these little cells throughout your body. And so what you want to do is you want to figure out a way to chelate or claw or pull that stuff out. Then you want to figure out a way to it out of your body. So loosen it out of the cells and then get it out of your body. So that means that every detox 
should have a little bit of component of both. And some detoxes are just meant to be gentle little things like eating cilantro throughout the week helps you claw things out. And then binders and flushers help pull things out. So when you go into my 10-day receptor detox, which you got to go get the book uh, to, to look at the whole thing and you can do aspects of it, it's got an intestinal sweep that helps pull it out. And I've been working on this intestinal sweep for about 40 years. Um, I was really colleagues with Dr. Gonzalez that died last year that was a famous cancer doctor, medical doctor in San Francisco. And he used my intestinal sweep on most of his cancer patients. So the whole idea is loosen it out of your cells and rinse it out of your body. And to do that, you can use different clays, you can use fibers, and there's variations on a theme. It's a good idea. Even if you do juices for a few days, that doesn't mean it's bad. Um, intermittent fasting and reduction of caloric intake has been shown to turn on autophagic processes, which are your repair mechanisms inside cells. So it's not like you hurt yourself, but if you're doing a strategic detox, it loosens stuff out and then it rinses it out with certain binders and components to flush things out. It doesn't mean if you do a three-day green drink and you didn't use a binder that you're going to be harmed. That's not really true. But if your goal is to get rid of your some of your body burden of cadmium and lead and um, and let's say your puffs, which are your um, non-stick chemicals. They're called perk. I, I always have a time with this polysyllabic term, perfluoral alkyl something. It's, your, it's <laughs> the, the stuff that coats pans. That stuff is so bad. Um, published February 13th in plus one in 2017 was an article that blew my mind. And it was my old gang at Tulane, the scientists I worked with at the think tank, and Harvard. And they wanted to take a look at why it's so hard to lose weight these days. So they took a large group, which we call a cohort of women, and they put them on a weight loss program and got them to lose weight in a strategic way. You know, if you decrease your caloric intake and up your exercise, most people, not all, will start to lose weight. And then they measured how dirty their blood was. And they, in particular, focused on these nonstick chemicals, and I think they also focused on flame retardants, because all of our mattresses and clothing is covered because, you know, we don't want to burst into flames at night, which people used to do, <laughs> you know, so this, it, most of these things were created, you know, to make life more protective and convenient, but they've got a shadow side. So they discovered that the women... This was done with women. Women have more issues with weight, let's face it. Um, they, when women had much higher levels of these chemicals in their blood, they gained the weight back immediately more than other. The women who had the lowest chemicals in the blood didn't gain the weight back. And the women who had the highest chemicals of blood gained even more weight back. So they were more on the yo-yoing kind of spectrum because the chemicals can make your fat cells nasty. And Bruce Blumberg from UCLA that uh, in LA that I interviewed for Hormone Deception, he gave a name to this, and it's called obesogens, where your obese fat cells become nasty because of the presence of 
endocrine disrupting chemicals. So um, getting these chemicals out of your body and then not cooking with nonstick cookware because it's more convenient, especially making an omelet or something like that. These things make a difference in as you age, whether you hold on to fat and can't get rid of it. Uh, isn't that interesting? No, it's, it's really interesting and it's the same kind of idea. If you're going to eat animal protein, make sure it's organic because if you're going to eat the fat, especially if you're keto, make sure it's organic because if you're eating these fatty, you know, nice pieces of uh, meat that they suggest, well then you're eating all of the animals' chemicals that they've been fed from all the crap they feed. the Yeah, the, the animals are getting, wouldn't you agree? Well, you know, Mike... I mean, Matt, you're you're from Austin, sure. right? You, you live in the same town I do, and we're the, the home corporate center of Whole Foods, yes. right? So yesterday, we have like six or seven Whole Foods here. <clears throat> we're the corporate home of Whole Foods. The first one was here, and the second one was in New Orleans, a small little tiny Whole Foods in New Orleans. Hmm. And um, when I was in Tulane, I would go over there and visit it, but... Uh, I went to the meat section, and usually they have organic meat. It's within these two green slats, and they you look at the meat display counter and the organic meat, which means that the animals were fed organic food because if they're not organic meat, then they were fed food that was highly sprayed, and it's highly sprayed with endocrine-disrupting compounds, which make obesogens and make sperm not work well, and if you give birth to a kid, a higher likelihood of ADHD and issues. They don't have any more. I went there and looked in the display counter, and there weren't any green slats. And I've noticed over the last few years, the amount of meat inside those green slats was getting smaller and smaller and smaller. I said, you don't have any more green slats. He said, oh, yeah, you know, since Amazon took over, we don't have any organic meat anymore here. Oh, no. And I was dumbfounded. And I don't know if that's the same with the downtown. I live in... North Austin, near North Austin. And I've been going, I like this tiny little, it's at Stone Lake. I don't know if it's the same at the domain or if it's the same downtown, but we, they don't sell any more organic meat. The only one product of organic meat they had was, was shrunk wrapped in plastic, which is what we want to avoid right. over in the more prepared food. So it's not that easy these days. You can get it online but it's not that easy to get organic meat anymore. And I am very worried about people who come in and are eating on a keto paleo diet, huge amounts of meat, and they're getting their blood fats to come down. They're getting a better lipid profile, but they're really um, exposing themselves to a lot of inflammatory food and food that is very filled with fat. And fat is the receptacle for all of these hormone altering chemicals, which are now regarded as the third threat to humanity. It's huge. Whoa. So, um, it, it's, you know, you go from being, it's, you should be vegetarian, then you should be paleo, then you should be keto, but now the, the meat is an issue. So there's all these layers of complexity because you really want as clean a diet as you could eat that's as free as chemicals as you can get. And meat makes it tough to pull that off. There was a study done that blew my mind out of Pakistan last year. Oh, my God, Matt. When I published this on Facebook, 
I got the most response of anything I'd ever published. Uh, so in Pakistan, it was published in a pharmaceutical journal, and it was very intelligent, sophisticated study. They said, well, people are wanting to eat more chicken, not so much red meat. And to this is in Pakistan. I don't know if the same dynamics hold exactly true for the U.S. But they said, so to meet this demand, farmers are feeding their chicken more growth-promoting hormones and chemicals to make them fatter, which are usually hormones. And they're still used on the black market here in the States, too, diethylstubestrol is stuck in the meat when even though it's illegal. So it's very hard to get clean meat. And they took a hundred rodents and they divided them up into four groups and they fed one group um, organic chicken and one group the food that the non-organic chicken ate and then another one where they fed them regular chicken that was raised on hormones and then another group where they fed them chow. And the animals that were fed uh, the non-organic chicken or the food of the non-organic chicken within six weeks, which I don't know what that translates into in human time, the females all develop polycystic ovarian syndrome. The progesterone got completely blocked. The animals made no more progesterone, the pregnancy hormone, which does a lot more than pregnancy. It protects your nervous system, your brain, and young people. Our brain makes progesterone in boys and girls. It's not just a female hormone. Got it. And yeah. all of them had no more, t uh, the, the males had no more testosterone. And the, the females had testosterone at higher levels than the males should have. They were hormone disruptors, creating syndromes that are on the increase in young people that we see in populations of young people within six weeks of eating chicken that was not raised on organic chow or the or, or the non-organic food. They were able to disrupt the hormones by eating these chickens that were fed this food. And that was such a mind-bending article to show you the power of food and how quickly food alters you. In our new conferences, if you want to change your biome, just with each meal, you change your biome. So every choice you make matters. Um, but... Uh, that was mind-boggling. So that means that when you do eat meat, you know, it doesn't mean meat's bad. You need to eat clean meat. But Whole Foods here is not even having organic meat, so it's harder to get clean meat. Yeah, I, I live out by Wheatsville, uh, the food co-op in, in Austin, and they usually have some choices, but I'll, I'm going to go in there with a... Uh, with a magnifying glass and really look hard next time I go to buy. And I don't eat a lot of meat, but, um, and it's just, God, we could go on forever with the depressing we, news. But well, the, you know, but yeah. I know, but you know, I think meat should be, I think meat, you should use it as your special treat of one or twice, once or twice a week yep. and then reduce a little chicken and then a little bit of fish and then have lots and lots of live, live food. Sprouts are so high in healthy protein. You know, they really are. And um, that's why if you, it's very, very tricky to become keto and eat massive amounts of meat. And in the short term, if you're fighting cancer and you had stage four and they gave you a few months to live, that's a different situation. You need to go keto. Forget it. Because these issues we're talking about are longer term. 
So there's always, you know, your individual situation and then working with a sophisticated practitioner, find that, you know, to help you figure out what's the right path for you. But in a, a person who's healthy and wanting to stay healthy, I think you need to have diversity in your diet and really try and eat as best you can a clean diet at least 30 to 40 percent of the time. It doesn't have to be 100 percent, but you got to get some clean food into you a hunk of the time. Excellent. Okay, so for all of our poor listeners who are confused and scared right now and hiding oh under their desks or wherever they're listening are, are to this. Are we making people hide under their desks? No, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting worried about, uh, yeah. I, okay. So what, but what you said was that they, you need to find a practitioner. Oh, you put it so nicely. A, a, uh, uh, anyway, a, partic- a, a practitioner who doesn't just throw medicine, throw pill, uh, a pill for every ill, as they say. Uh, and, and you talked about getting your hormones tested. Now, I do a Wellness FX comprehensive test every year, but that's an investment. That's $1,000 to get that done. But I want to know my full panel every single year, not just hormones, everything that I can find out about myself. This is, of course, is a hobby, an investment, something that I really, really want to know. Uh, but I, I it, what's what's mind-blowing also is that you can walk into a doctor and try to get this done with your insurance, and they just won't oh, do no, it. Oh, no, you can't get this done with your insurance. Forget it. Forget so, it. You know, uh, if you, yeah. Insurance is for catastrophic issues. It's not for this kind of intervention. And if you keep thinking it is, you'll just be exasperated and grind your teeth to powder. You know, it's just not, it's just not that way. It's concierge direct care medicine now, and... Uh, and you don't need to run your hormones every year unless you're on hormone replacement. And then you do need to track your hormones all the time. But um, you really only need to run your hormones when you're younger, once a decade, to just know how you were feeling. What, How were you feeling in your 20s or your teens and where were your hormones then? It would be ideal if we would have that as you got older and got more issues so that we would understand how things were going. But really phenomenal medical care, the kind we're talking about now is cash. And it costs some money and it's just the way it is. For some reason, we have it in our head that everybody's owed health care, but that's catastrophic health care. And in countries where they have socialized medicine, because I have clients and patients all around the world, And often what they'll do is they'll have cancer or inflammatory bowel disease, the two things I specialize in, and their docs or nurse practitioners or whoever it is will come on the phone or Skype with them. And so it's a training session because these are the things I've been working on for decades. And in those other countries where there's socialized medicine, people don't have access to anything. It's awful. It's much less. You get worse care, less care, unavailable care when you think the government should pay for everything. So you have to just get... Get rid of that. The government will be there. The less government intervention, the more freedom you have to be who you want to be. You just have to make the dough to be able to live the life you want to live. And, you know, people bemoan what things cost. And in my mind, I always think, well, what can I do to make more money so I can do whatever I want to do and not be limited by whatever? the I don't want to be limited by government regulation. Heck with that. I'm more a libertarian, so to speak, in how we should be our own person and Uh, You know, everything that I've had, my mother was given 
the most powerful endocrine disrupting chemical when she was pregnant with me ever invented by the guy that invented plastics, which is why he was into that estrogenic molecular structure, Sir Charles Dobbs. This drug was given for about 38 years to multiple millions of women as a prenatal vitamin. It was why we learned about endocrine disruption. And I had multiple cancers, multiple health issues, even though I was eating right, exercising, a yoga teacher, forgiving, detoxing, I was getting cancers. And nobody knew why. And I had to figure out what was going on and get myself well. So now that I'm older, I have the youth I never could enjoy when I was younger. But it didn't come from walking into a doctor's office and having someone be able to explain why I had cancers and stop it. I had to figure out endocrine disruption and then what this drug did to my tumor suppressor genes and how I could reboot them. So a lot of health doesn't come from the medical system because unfortunately the medical system for chronic issues is very broken. It's great if you go to the ER. It's fabulous if you need new lenses in your eyes. I mean, we have great medical inventions that have saved people's lives and drugs that have saved people with lung cancer and things. I mean, medicine has wonderful things, but for keeping you well or getting you to overcome a chronic medical condition, it's terrible. You'll just be given a whole bunch of drugs and told you could never get well. And you have to be willing, I think, to pay for that and find agile thinkers that can help you get well and stay well. How can people go about finding a functional medicine doctor, an agile thinker, somebody who gets it? Well, you know, this is a new thing. Chiropractors and naturopaths for many, many years were the ones doing this. And, And now chiropractic is vilified and kind of been put into a little teeny back crunching kind of thing. And naturopathic docs are better, but their education isn't quite where I would love to see it. And medical doctors suck at all this. So it's really (laughs) difficult. you got to find somebody who's on their own, loved the data and research, and gone to all these things and connected the dots and developed a passion and combining smart plus heart. And they are out there and they're a growing band of rogues. And I teach these people with other physicians at these practitioner modules. But you know, when, so let's say, so there's three programs in the United States where a medical doctor or nurse practitioner can say, I'm sick of the system. I'm not getting people well. I'm a pill pusher. So I want to become a better doc. I think Andrew Wilde has a program too, but it's very, people come out of that program and they don't have a lot of skills. So there's three functional advanced certification programs that are about a four-year program, cost about 50, 60,000 bucks. And they have these five-day weekends that are from seven in the morning till seven at night. They're grueling. And I'm a professor on two of those programs. But when people graduate from that, they're still newbies. Like where you are when you first graduate med school, you're a newbie or you graduate any school. Really what you want is someone who's been living in the trenches for a while. And that, that number is growing. So you can you can reach out to these organizations to see who's graduated from them. Um, one is called the American Anti-Aging Organization. The other one is called IFM. So that and the American Anti-Aging, you can just put in A4M. 
The other one is IFM. And then the other one is by PCCA, which is the, um, they have all these acronyms, which is the compounding pharmacy organization that trains compounding pharmacists and supplies a lot of their bases for their uh, meds that they make. And now they have a program to take people from step A to becoming this thoughtful, agile thinking doc. I happen to be in practice now for 47 years. So I've been around for a really, really long time. And you see all these things happen. And it is becoming, people are getting more sick of just handing out prescriptions and not seeing people get well. And so you can contact these organizations, see who's out there. You can contact me. I'm still seeing some clients. I see a few a week. Um, and I'm trying to train and pass the gauntlet forward. And you can, but just because someone went through these programs doesn't mean they're great either. So it's reference. If somebody said to you, I worked with this doc and they really care and I felt like they really had a lot of knowledge. You know, referrals are a really big way to go. And um, I don't know if that's helpful. Is that helpful? Yeah, I, th I think that's absolutely helpful. I, I think that's uh, that's fantastic. And and before we wrap up here, Dr. Berkson, I I read uh, that you were also a meditation and yoga teacher. Well, you just you just mentioned about the yoga. So I'm curious how people can come to merge Eastern and Western uh, lifestyles so that we don't, again, we don't just have to rely on the drugs, but we are living in a Western world and we do need a time to step back. Uh, so, I mean, you've been practicing, or you've been, uh, you've been working in this, in this field now for 47 years, but you also are tuned into the other side of things. So could you maybe leave people with uh, a little bit more on how they can can de-stress? So that's a great question. And the reality, so we live and occupy a bunch of bodies. We are not just our physical body. We're our emotional body, our pain body, our fear body, our love body, our intellectual body. We, it, we encompass a lot as we traverse in this lifetime in this physical body. There's a lot to us going on. And sometimes it's not just about food or digestion. It's about family constellation issues, family of origin issues, or spiritual issues. I lived with Swami Satchidananda for a long time. I lived in India for a year. When the Beatles came back from the hanging out and meditating with the Maharishi, I said, that makes sense to me to look at life from the mind, body, spirit level. So I hopped a plane and went to India and started looking at things, Ayurvedic medicine, yada, yada, yada. Life is, is huge and it's a gift. And when you want to protect yourself, it, moving into the future, you're young and healthy, so you've got health, you want to keep it, or whether you've bumped into a horrible diagnosis and you got to put everything else on hold and figure out how to get well, the really smart practitioner or person who owns this life and body will assess all of these levels that we occupy, our emotional, our spiritual, our fear, our love, our ambition, because where is that weakest link, that root cause? It's not just in your physiology. It might be also in your psychology, or your 
spiritual wound. Something is begging you to take a look because you get ill because something went wrong. A perfect storm came up with a combination of things because we have a lot of redundant systems that are always trying to watch our physiologic back. But when you get ill, a bunch of things came together. I call it a perfect storm. So a real agile thinking practitioner, and this is now a whole nother level because most docs don't have time for this to address you in this way. And even if you go to a psychologist, you got this 50 minute period and they're not looking at your physiology. But if you're ill or if you want to stay well, you've got to look at yourself as this complex planet that you are. And so the wise person to me is always building in their tool bags ways to self-assess what your life is trying to tell you. What is hurting that needs tending? What is screaming out to you within the cacophony of your day that you're not honoring? Those are whispers of threads that come together to make the tapestry of who you are. And it's very hard to find somebody that honors that because in our compartmental education, we become smaller and smaller. I had a patient the other day who had eye issues. They had two different issues in their eyes, and they couldn't find one ophthalmologist that dealt with both of those compartments of the eye. Because the ophthalmologists are so compartmentalized. Wow. But we are not a compartmentalized being. So I guess it's honoring the tapestry of your humanity and it's not just about food and it's not just about being serious because vitamin F or fun and community is essential. So you're a complex life force with this amazing gift of your life on this planet to figure out how you work and how to keep yourself working and how you can soar and what you can leave as your mark for your the rest of humanity. And it's a process that just keeps trugging along, but awareness and mindfulness to what your life is trying to tell you with what shows up on the plate in front of you is a wonderful intentionality as well as trying to have kitchen counter consciousness with sprouts and kale drying properly on the counter. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Uh, Dr. Berkson, thank you very much for your integrative approach there. Vitamin F, I think, is amazing for fun. I've never heard that. I'm a I think big fan of that. I'm a big fan. I talk to all my patients. What do you do for fun? Almost everybody who's ill says, oh, I don't know. And I talk with them about each of these nooks and crannies of their life because they're important. And why should you not have fun? What the heck? Absolutely. Absolutely. If people want to get in I've touch with you. I've been having fun with you. Yeah, I've, I've, I've had a great time. You. Yeah, this would be this would be fantastic. I'd love to do it again. Uh, yeah, I'd love to do it again. Hopefully, in Austin, we did, we said that the name of your book was Sexy Brain, and that we were going to at least touch on the topic of sex, but we didn't even we didn't talk about it at all. But uh, for another for another time. Okay. Well, um, I have a website called Dr. Lindsay Berkson, D R L I N D S E Y B E R K S O N. Dot com, And there you can plug into my radio show, Dr. Berkson's Best Health Radio. I have a blog where I 
write, I, I think I have a few thousand blogs at this point where I go pretty in depth with different information. They can also see me on Facebook at Dr. Lindsay Berkson, on Twitter at at Berkson Health, or they can do a consult with me. And it's, we spend a hunk of hours together. And it's a, um, I've just focused on you and then focused on you for about a month where we email back and forth. And I try and take a look at you in this tapestry of who you are and try and figure out what you haven't seen. You know, that's what a great doctor is supposed to show you is a mirror. Hold up a mirror to see what needs to be seen. So you could reach me at 512-507-3279. And if you're a practitioner or you're a med student, I mentor. And I have a mentorship program. And I take on people where I can mentor and help you learn how to think in this way with your patients or go over patient charts with you to show you at least the process that I've honed and share that with you. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I really appreciate it. And I strongly suggest people pick up the book and uh, get in touch with you if they're interested. So thanks again. Okay, well, we've had, we've had a lot of vitamin F this morning with my cup of joes. Nice meeting you, Matt. Thank you for inviting me on your show. I appreciate it. Listeners, it's Matt Wilson coming to you after celebrating the sixth birthday of our incredible travel company, Under 30 Experiences, up there in Austin, Texas. I'm back here in Costa Rica, and I have a resolution for you guys. What we've done with Under 30 that's gone so, so phenomenally well and made what looks like an overnight success here that's actually taken tons of hard work and lots of relationship building and tons of heart and effort and passion put into what we do every single day. What we've done best is build community. And I want to build community around the Live Different podcast. I want to design a place where you can come and get support, talk about living the best possible life that you can when it comes to the topics of travel, health, performance, business, all the things that we talk about on the Live Different podcast. And I want to be able to support you guys. And moreover, I want to have the guests be able to participate in that, for you to be able to ask them questions, for you to be able to interact, for you to be part of a group of like-minded people. So what I'm going to ask today is that you send me an email if you were listening to this, matt at under30experiences.com, and we are going to start a super secret Facebook group as well as email list. So if you want in, email me directly and say that, yes, I want to be part of this super secret program. This is free, by the way. This is just a way to build community around what we do at the Live Different Podcast. Please send me an email, madden30experiences.com. I will respond. I will get back to you. I will add you to this new group and to this email list so you can get insider access to all the people that we have on the show uh, as well as to the community. So thank you guys very much. I really want to bring this to the next level. Looking forward to hearing from you.